0: worldwide we got some pretty interesting news to start up with today and then we're going to get into our underdog token and i'm going to apologize at the front of the show first with my coverage of the underdog token because i think some of them based on at least my experience with many of these coin developers and administrators that they're going to be a little bit salty about my coverage and i i accept that that's fine but it's the truth and i want to share that as factual truth because i don't want to be perceived as being slanted or biased towards any one token in particular. And I want to cover the pros and cons. This one does have pros, but th- to me, there's more cons than pros. And I want to call it out. If they want the smoke, I would love to have them on the show to help me understand the logic behind some of the decisions made that are, that are driving my, my feedback forward. Before we get into that, let's go ahead and cover the news. At the top of the news set, we've got Trump. Is back in the news. In this case, it's Eric Trump, not Donald Jr., not Donald Sr. But Eric Trump, the lesser known Trump. He's coming out and he's warning people about this coin called Trump coin. And he's saying it's not, not authorized, has nothing to do with our name. We're gonna do legal action. We're gonna do something about this, and we're gonna cover it, and we're gonna go after them, da da, 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 da da. And of course, the coin, Trump coin, which I believe is on the Ethereum chain. Does not have any sort of, they're not worried. They're brushing it off the shoulder because they've disclaimed on the site that, you know, we're not associated, operated, endorsed, or affiliated by anything Trump. Now, I think what's missing in their disclaimer maybe is what they should have said is any of the Trump organization um, family members. It says affiliates, but that's not really specific. Like family members should also be included, but I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's going to be perfectly fine. I think they'll be. They don't have to worry about anything because you can't, you can't go after somebody for the last name. Now, if they said the, you know, Donald J. Trump coin, right, or the MAGA coin, because MAGA is a trademark thing. So if they did something like that, then maybe you'd have a case. But other than that, I don't see that they have a case in this deal. And ultimately, the reason that they did this, it was obvious the reason that they did this was because they are fans of Trump. And so the default response, of course, is to do a lawsuit, just sue, sue, sue rather than to you know, kind of embrace it and say, okay, how can we leverage this and possibly shake it up? The reason I think this became a thing is because Donald, uh, you know, former President Donald Trump, not Jr., but former President Donald Trump has actually come out and said he does not support cryptocurrency. It's not that he's against it. He's not against it, but he doesn't support it. He believes that ultimately the United States dollar is what we should be holding fast to, um, mostly because obviously that's the vast majority of his wealth, And he is right when he says that the United States dollar has been devalued over time and that cryptocurrency is largely the rise of it in response to the degradation of fiat in general, but specifically, certainly specifically the, you know, the, uh, United States dollar by, by far and away. So I, I, I don't think it's a family wide thing. I think there are certain people in the family that are against it, certain people in the family that are for it because like Melania, she has an NFT line she released so she's all in. She's on the Solana support. That kind of sad for her because Solana can't seem to stay stable. But, you know, Milana's kind of gone all in because she kind of regrets it. Now, here's the thing. The, the funny thing about the, the Melania situation in particular, there were rumors that Melania was, you know, Trump was rumored to go for president 2024. And... There were polls released saying that even Democrats don't want Joe Biden to run in 2024. Well, that leaves you very limit, limited options because Bernie Sanders is old as dirt, and he's the only other person that might have even had a, a chance in the eyes of the public. On the Democrat side and then on the Republican side, you got Ron DeSantis. He really needed in Florida, but he was talking about running. But then Trump was considering running again in 2024. Of course, Pelosi, assuming she doesn't die by then, will actively work to stop it. But Melania, there were rumors that Melania did not want him to run and did not want to go back in office and might consider leaving him if he goes back in office. And so there's there's a clear disconnect of some sort between the two of them where they're not on the same page. We don't know what that's about. We don't know if that's true. All we see is okay. This is this is happening, and they're going two different ways. So, as far as I can tell, Melania is all in on cryptocurrency. She's she's bought in. She's NFT all the way. I don't. I, I'm sure she has bags. I, it, would, it would shock me if she didn't have bags. But it seems like his kids are trying to do their own thing, regardless of what Trump's doing. I don't know what that means or if it's true or how that all works because I'm not in those rooms. But it's an interesting finding, I think. And then in other news, Bitcoin. We've gone back and forth with the United States government in particular talking about potentially banning cryptocurrency. It keeps coming up. We keep talking about it. The truth is that many in the economics of it all that are doing the analysis of what we now have and what we've had and why we got to this point pretty much unanimously agree a ban on Bitcoin alone much less crypto isn't feasible and it would destabilize markets because of the same thing that destabilized when you had Bear Stearns in the way you're kind of in that similar situation right there's there's money now that's spread to different things and hooked into different things backed by cryptocurrency. So it's it's kind of a duality where the currencies are almost interdependent. You can't you have so much in crypto floating around that it's hard to separate the two. It's hard to get back to a separate fiat only scenario. So a ban is unlikely according to what everybody thinks. Now, here is the one reason I disagree in that statement. I'm not saying that I think they're wrong. I'm saying that there's things that they're not accounting for, which is what you're saying would be true if we were dealing with an administration and a president who understood why that's important. But the current president doesn't care about stability of the economy at all and is willing to implement executive orders that are disruptive, irrespective of any disruption. We've seen patterns of that. So while it's true that it should be, too big to ban and we should it would be very dangerous to do so. We also said the same thing about stopping Keystone. We said the same thing about allowing illegal immigration to go run rampant. We said the same thing about various things where the president is open oh, and Kazakhstan, right? We've we've openly said, you know, these are bad ideas. And Afghanistan situation. We've we've repeatedly said this is bad if we do that and then he goes and does it. So there's a pattern of behavior that we can't ignore. And to me, that's going to cause harm to investor sentiment because we don't know what he's gonna do next. He's already talking about an executive order, and I believe that's a precursor to trying to ban it. So we should we should actively keep talking about banning's a bad idea, banning's a bad idea, banning's a bad idea, banning's a bad idea. I don't think he'll listen, is my opinion. I hope I'm wrong, or I hope that people you know, judges and the supreme courts and everybody else get in front of him and say, "Stop, okay? No more dictatorial words, sing worth sing. We got to stop that. Okay? You need to go through the proper process. And by and large, your own freaking Congress does not agree that's the right answer. So don't just muscle forward with something that's unconstitutional and damaging to our society. That's my personal thoughts. Shib, shiba inu. Some whales are buying up shib. They're buying and stacking and stacking and stacking. Again, even when you have whales in the picture, and this is part of the problem with the price movement of shib without burns, regardless of the whales that are coming in the picture, they're still not able to make a dent in the price of shib. And the big biggest reason for that is just inventory. There's so much inventory. You're gonna need to do something about the inventory. If you're not willing to do, again, trillions a day, it's not gonna make a dent because it doesn't even if you took all the collective wealth. Of everybody that's not named Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk and even if you took all those you're still not gonna make a significant dent in this thing without some burns and I think the SHIB team knows that but they're just resistant to do it why I don't know but that's just so you know that at least there's some bullish sentiment around SHIB so that's worth something the downside of course is that you're introducing more whales the more whales you have, the more risk of it getting tanked whenever they see that things aren't going right, especially because SHIB is still trending downward as of the last time I checked it. Okay, well, that means that there is a risk that some of them just sell out and go back to Doge because Doge is trending up thanks to a stupid Happy Meal tweet. Now, I'm just, I'm not trying to tinfoil you. I'm saying that we have to be a little bit nervous when we see that. Yes, there's bullish sentiment from these whales, but also what does that mean when the project is not in the right spot? If the project were in the right spot and they had a good plan and said, no, we are going to burn this much inventory, okay, at at minimum, $100 per month, at minimum do that, it's not going to make a dent. But at least you're showing that there's going to be some progress and at some point it's going to be eaten up and then you're talking maybe a five-year span as opposed to a 100-year span. Coinbase. Coinbase recently listed some so-called altcoins. I'm not going to go too deep on the altcoins specifically, but the reason this became news is because generally speaking, Coinbase has not been very welcoming of low cap or altcoins. They've been resistant to it. Like SHIB is one of the very select few. There's a couple ones, you know, that are out there where you can't trade them directly in there, but you can trade them on Coinbase Pro. That's where this one is. But, for the most part, they have not been welcoming of those coins. And nobody really knows why. It just, for whatever reason, they have not wanted to do it. So this may indicate that they're opening up and being a little bit more willing to embrace them now that they realize that there's money to be made there. I don't know if it's going to sustain and, you know, whether it'll crash and burn later down the road. But hopefully it's it's a sign that they're going to open up the doors a little bit and be more embracing of these altcoins that can help people especially when you're a newer trader as long as they do a proper proper vetting of it and they're confident and clean projects they're not like you can tell the clear scummy ones i'm talking confident projects where there's no obvious reason to be skeptical about the project yeah go ahead and list those and make it available and then educate people with those projects All right, so let's wrap up our news and let's get to some fundamentals. Let's get to some informational educational pieces because I do think it's important to do that every so often. I don't want to beat you over the head with them, but I do think every now and then it's good to reiterate and cover things. Even if I've talked about them before, I just think they're good to repeat. But in this case, it's some new things that I've not talked about before circling around fundamentals around some of this trading if you're looking at charts you'll notice that bmb is starting to go back up which is a good thing we love to see the BNBs going back up if you look on the ethereum side ethereum is starting to trend up ever slightly and we're hopefully getting back to that 3000 mark at some point in the near future because it seems like it's on a slight recovery so these are our core gas tokens right and we want our gas tokens to be in a good position because they strengthen all the other tokens that use them for liquidity pools so Phantom is up, and that's good. Polygon's way up, and that's very good. Of course, that stupid game is probably not hurt, not helping matters. But regardless, we do want to see positive price movement. So when I said before, we want to see the full recovery of Bitcoin, Ethereum, BNB, Phantom, etc. We're not at full recovery of those yet. But we are on the road to it. It's still kind of a guessing game because it's going to be predicated on what the the government start doing and continue doing if there's going to be more bans or more loss of investor sentiment. We do know that with Kazakhstan, people are trying to relocate their crypto mining to actually, ironically, the United States and other places. So we may be able to get that volume back. And we've learned recently that it's, it's not true that proof of work deep, deep, deep is just energy use. Deep, 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 Rather, it's some of these Bitcoin mining machines have been more, increasingly more efficient over time and they're using less electricity. It doesn't mean they're not using any, and it doesn't mean they're not having an impact. I think what's being skewed in the messaging coming through the media from these various governmental agencies and from these liberal groups is the fact that they don't want to see any sort of dependency on what they believe are unclean sources of energy. So if you were to have crypto mining set up and it's all done by solar, that's basically clean, but because there's still an energy consumption that has to happen, because there's only so much solar power you can generate, there's still kind of this flack and pushback against it. We haven't solved that problem yet. We haven't even confronted that as a problem yet. What I'm defining and what I'm, I'm not trying to tinfoil you, but what I'm defining is we haven't confronted the reality that as we move towards cleaner sources of energy usage, it's possible that we could have crypto mining consume the majority of what is getting created to the point where there's not enough capacity because those clean energy sources can't create enough electricity to even sustain the population. Do you understand? So if it's true, if everything what I'm saying is true, that we we acknowledge that because of whatever constraints, there's not enough to be able to use solar power exclusively. And so we pair it with wind, we pair it with hydroelectric, we pair it with other types of so-called clean energy sources. Of course, there's these are scaled according to people. They're scaled according to population needs. And they make assumptions about it's you know are they single family homes are they multifamily homes are they industrial are they farms they make all these assumptions and then from the assumptions that's how they scale it. It's possible that that scaling will not consider crypto mining, but as I said on an earlier episode, crypto mining is not going away. That means that crypto mining is going to consume a share of this of this energy that's being created, because it has to, because there's a rush to ban what they believe are unclean energy sources so if all this happens let's say a future state i don't know how long it'll take because to me getting full 100 percent renewable is a pipe dream in our lifetimes but let's say that they get there that and they're not counting on cryptocurrency and you still have countries that refuse to ban it and they welcome it embrace it and they still want it there well we have to think of what the end game is do you Do you go back to the unclean sources of energy and just say, okay, we got it. We screwed up. And at that point you've already impacted people. Do you move everybody to a bunch of, I've, I've seen photos of certain cities where they have basically everybody's crammed into some sort of multi-building setup. Nobody has their own property. Nobody has their own land. Nobody has a car. Uh, Do you cram everybody into that? And I think that's what liberals want, especially in the U S it's not sustainable, And, you know, how do you how do you get away from that problem? And because I think it's a problem we've never confronted and we've never discussed, I think sentiment right now is based on the here and now. In other words, you know, to quote Luther Vandross here and now, I, I think what we're not doing well as a society is projection. Projection in the form of, yes, we've got this issue now. Yes, we have a plan now. Yes, we're going to work on stuff now. Yes, we're going to build what we need to now. Yes, we're going to try to work on smart regulation. Yes, we're doing this now, but it's always now, 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 now. I think there's a contradiction in this so-called, you know, the Green New Deal nonsense and this push towards clean energy and all this. I think there's a contradiction in that and the economic needs that cryptocurrency helps solve and the inflation that is brought on because of the current administration's rush towards judgment. In other words, it feels like a, a bubble that's about to pop. And when it pops, one of them going to have to give. You can't have these three. They're, they're not going to work together. If you're going to want to, you know, basically print money at will and spike inflation, that means that you're going to need to do something about people's salaries because they're not going to be able to afford things employers are not willing to increase their salaries that we've seen. We see the news of, oh, we're up from $12 an hour to $15 an hour. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking to every single person, and I'm only speaking U.S. in this, but you can do the math in your own country. I'm saying that every single person makes a minimum wage that is significantly higher than where it is to the point that anybody could feasibly buy a house regardless of You know what they're making as a salary. Now, that's a pipe dream in itself, right? But when you introduce that much inflation, you're spiking the prices of homes. When you spike the prices of homes, if people can't afford to buy them, that inventory goes and sits. Then you get overseas investors. They buy it. They flip it. They rent it. So now you're renting to people. These people are getting rich. These people are getting less rich. So inflation by itself causes that harm and you're not solving the problem of salary stagnation. Meanwhile, cryptocurrency can be a response to salary stagnation, but we're not wanting to embrace that. We're trying to fight it, even though it has the potential to solve these issues with smart regulation. And then you're pushing this green new garbage, which is purposely designed to harm people's jobs and get people laid off and do a rest of the thing. You're talking offshoring, which has harmed employment and customer sentiment so you've got all these things that I think are contradicting each other and we've never sat down and tried to solve this contradiction in terms that we see and I feel like it's a bubble and I feel like it's going to pop at some point and I don't know what the outcome is going to be when it does pop but I do suspect it'll pop I hope it won't pop till after we're all dead and gone but something tells me we're still going to be alive watching this thing go completely south now I say that but if 2022 has a blowout, as I anticipate it should, then we might be on a path where we get people in the office that are trying to, that are more willing to try to avert that disaster because they see it happening and they've seen some of the damage and they roll back some of this nonsense and kind of silence the liberal chatter. I hope that's the case. However, I'm seeing other countries just leap to judgment and they're just doing bam, 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 which I don't think is the right answer. But it seems like it never stops. And so that's got me concerned because if we do bam, 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 we're killing off one of these, which is the adoption of cryptocurrency. Without cryptocurrency and you have higher inflation and this green nonsense, now you're going to cause people to be less well off and we might all turn into third world countries. I don't want to see it. So I was just some put some things to think about. As you research cryptocurrencies and you see the news and you see about what's happening in government and you see about what's happening with exchanges and XRP and Ripple and, and all the different chatter, It none of it's really focusing on the future. None of it's really focusing on a potential future. None of it's adopting a natural evolution of a thing. Everything seems purpose built to hold people back and that's concerning. Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to lessen people's opportunity because you want people to be dependent on this, on the governments and we shouldn't want that. So that's my thoughts i just wanted to put that out there and kind of get some feedback and then i want to circle back on some things my underdog token will happen at the third part of this because there's not much to cover so i'll probably cover that here in a bit but i want to circle back on previous tokens i think they deserve some attention now satama and i will peg this as a separate episode because i think it's worth um, some investigation but satama I've purposely said that I will not go back to the side of mask coverage. I will not recommend it because I see too many fundamental problems with it that even if they were allegedly fixed, there's a loss of trust from my angle. I speak as somebody who works technology and has been an auditor. I have no confidence in the tool. It has nothing to do with the coin. And the reason I'm bringing up Satama now is I think that we're conflating two different things. We're conflating Actually, three, if you put it in in full perspective. With Satama, you've got the devs, actual people, the team, right? You've got the coin or token, which is, to me, the project. And then you got Cytomask, which, to me, is a separate project. So, to me, I have nothing but love for the token. I think the tokenomics are brilliant in the way that that's built. If you only had the token fully renounced, and there was no Satama LLC, I would be 100% bullish on this thing. What's happened is that you still have a Satama LLC building things around the token, and as a result of their mistakes and failures, it hurts sentiment for the token, so anybody who's investing in it gets harmed because of these mistakes that are preventable. I'm talking about preventable mistakes. And the refusal to acknowledge, I'm talking directly acknowledge. I'm not saying, well, we wish things went better. I'm talking... I screwed up. I got it wrong. Here's what I'm going to do to fix this. A throat to choke. Who's on the hook for getting stuff wrong? That's lacking in the dev team. So because of that, I have no confidence in the team. And because I have no confidence in the team, and I've seen the failures of the team, frequent and unacknowledged failures, that gives me less confidence in the token, not because of the token, but because of the people managing it. So I want to make sure I draw a clear delineation. I have no concern whatsoever with the tokenomics or the contract or any of that. I don't think there's any scummy things going on with the contract itself. I think the team is the thing that hurts the time of the most, period. With Cytomask, the challenge I have is that they've already shown that they are deserving of trust and confidence because of the way that they've managed it, and people are giving them an excuse. And I think these people are people that don't work in technology because if you work in technology, you would understand looking at it that many of these mistakes should never happen. Like there's no logical reason for any of this nonsense to be happening if you had a strong QA process and you did user acceptance testing, there's no way these would be filtered out like this. And it feels like your beta testers in production. That's unheard of. It's unheard of. And from a cost perspective and remember when we say cost, that's your money because they're using your investment money. They have to be because where's that money going to come from? Otherwise, so think about it from an investor perspective. Your money is being built to create a tool in, and this tool doesn't work for you. And then they're doing patch after patch after patch as a beta of this tool with your money. If it had been done right, they have been less spend because you're only spending for the development cycle as opposed to beta testing and constantly republishing. And then, and then all the expense that they're taking because they all have wallets themselves and they're benefiting financially from this. So I was having real concerns with what I'm seeing because from a development, what's called the SDLC software development life cycle, I have strong concerns that they don't know what that means and how it works. My bigger concern is that they're refusing to just come out and say, you know what? We need help. We don't know what we're doing here. We need help and we're reaching out and we, we embrace that and you're embracing everybody in the community who might be willing and able to help them out in multiple ways. I talked about this on the failed Vegas event. You find people who are in Vegas who understand the events, who understand how to do the production-level filming and production-level interviews and do coverage that's real coverage. They were too arrogant to do that. They called basically a shiller, essentially, or a, quote, influencer, I guess that's probably the appropriate term, and had him do it, but he was out of his league. He didn't know how to do it because he'd never done it. So now you've harmed the the sentiment from the investors that are strong investors but now you've got this tool that you didn't deliver on the Vegas event and now you have it delivered but it's not really delivered because it doesn't really work. At some point people in technology are looking at it that are bought in and they're saying there's no way you should be making these mistakes. The reason that we are all saying that is because we understand SDLC. We understand that if you know what the heck you're doing, these are fundamental one-on-one things. Like, these are things that you don't even need college to understand. You A basic Google search would have told you this. And a gentleman, Teddy, Teddy Ganja, he was talking about the AWS and the DDoS and how unlikely it was to do DDoS. And if you go back to my coverage, I said, this is what they're alleging. At some point, this long of a time, and his DDoS is unlikely. So then we can speculate about what it is, but at the, point, the point is we don't know what it is, and that's concerning and should be concerning to anybody. It doesn't mean to stress that we don't like the token project, and it doesn't mean that we don't have long-term bullish behavior, but these concerns are strong concerns. What wrapped it up in a bow for me is this leak that came from Steve Rocket Crypto. And, of course, Steve was on the team. He was on many of the MAs. He was on many of the announcements. He didn't speak much, but he was there. And then there was a leak. There was a gentleman on YouTube and he apparently had a DM chat that was supposed to say private. It was clear it was supposed to be private and he leaked it, which was making some allegations that are very serious allegations, I think. And when I'm reading what he's saying, if they're true, that means I'm completely hands off Cytomask. He's saying things like just to paraphrase, I don't have the quotes and I'm not going to quote him, but to paraphrase, he's referring to the idea that the side the, the code, the tool, the front end is not owned by Saitama LLC and was actually fully outsourced for the build and somebody else owns the code, I think that's unlikely. Chances are what might have happened is they outsourced the build and then took it over, inherited it from whoever built it. That's common. It happens all the time. The problem is he talked about, well, what happens if that developer, let's say they didn't get paid, or they didn't get paid what they wanted or they wanted to extort them for money, and they put back doors or some other security vulnerability in the tool and i was having a chat with some people who were saying well certic reviewed it and i wanted to just clarify certic reviewed the back-end code and certic reviewed what was submitted at the time of the review certic does not do unless you ask for it an ongoing persistent review and remember cydomask has had multiple updates at this point i think we're at what 1.8 1.9 so that's 10 separate updates if that's, and we assume that Certic only saw 1.0 and they didn't see 1.1 because that was in the store already. Or maybe they did see 1.1. Regardless, they certainly didn't see 1.2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, or 9. So the front end, what you see on the App Store, that would not have gone back through Certic audit. And it has nothing to do with the actual code that runs it. So what he's alluding to, and I don't want to freak you out, I'm saying that what he's alluding to, there's a, there's a sensibility in what he's saying in the risk. If it's true that it was outsourced and we don't know who was outsourced to and we can't access the code. So here's my open plea for the Satama team who I know won't listen to this or if they do, they'll just wipe noise it and say, hate is going to hate. Here's my open plea. If the code for the front end and the interaction code, so basically the, the code that talks from the front end to the back end, if all that code is open and available and it's ideally open sourced, or is it on GitHub where we can review it as in, in investors? I would love to see it. Then what we can do is we can do some analysis to see if there is anything that would be explainable to try to help them. Because some people in the in the Satama team, as far as the investor team, could identify things where, hey, we, this is a problem. We can fix it by doing this. And we can cross our fingers and hope that the team, the dev team, will actually listen to us take that feedback to create a stronger product and move it forward faster. If they're not willing to make that code public for whatever reason, and usually their excuse is going to be proprietary, right? Or, you know, they don't want it to be reused by some other, some other party, right? Somebody takes some of that code and builds their own wallet up off scratch. There are valid concerns, but then there are ways around that in GitHub. So that's my open question. Are you, do you want the smoke? Were you willing to let us see the code, the front end code, the interaction code, everything about the code, and we can look at it and see if there are obvious shortcomings, but we can also do an analysis and we can see if it's just bad. Whoever wrote this, it must be like a sixth grader. Like we can see if there's something completely off the rocker. Could that harm investor sentiment? Yes. I would argue though, that if you're willing to, you want the smoke and you're willing to take that feedback and implement changes it might have the opportunity to strengthen investor sentiment because you're saying, finally, you know what? We're out of our element. We love the smoke. We love the help. We want it to succeed. So if you guys are willing to help, here's the GitHub. Let's create a community in GitHub because it supports that and let's work together and we can even have people that know how to do that level of code who might be willing to work fixes. Now, of course, you need to have strong people who understand (laughs) architecture, that kind of oversee it to make sure that, you know, we're managing the, the check-in, check-out clean and that we're not introducing certain code standards that are in contradict to a singular standard or that we're not introducing things that are dangerous to the project. So it's a coordinated effort. It takes some time and you have to do it. It plans, right? But I think it would be, it would go a long way, right? And you think about it. I don't think there's been another token that's done that. I don't think there's another token that's claimed to be community and believes often says for the people of the people and by the people that that's actually done that. That's actually said, you know what? We embrace that. Let's create that. And let's make this, get it where it is. We, we, we're here. We acknowledge, we don't know what the heck we're doing. Help us get it on the finish line. Cause we all want it to succeed. Now you're dropping your pants for people. Now you're saying, we want that smoke. Let's all work together to get it to that point. If you're willing to chime in and volunteer to work it, And before anybody says, well, why would anybody do that? I would point you to emulators on video gaming. With video game emulators, you now have emulators for basically every system that's not a modern, like PS5, PS4, right, system. You have emulators for all of them. So you can play games, PSP games, 3DS games, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, Genesis, you name it. There's probably a console out there that has an emulator. These are all volunteer things. These are people that came together because they believed in it. And they work the code together and each person works different parts of the code, whether it's memory management or interface or interactions, controls. And so you get these very powerful tools that today, now you can go to archive.org and play these emulators because a group, a community came together and they worked to create that. And that means that you have the opportunity to do something very similar here with Cytomask if you want to smoke. There may be some things about it, right? Certain code that's truly proprietary that you cannot release or you can't make available. As long as we understand the structure of that code, I, you know, in the the say the comments of it, I think it's fine. But I think certain of the functionality you could feasibly, possibly consider introducing, and get it to the get it over the finish line because you probably have very strong developer people on the on the Satama Wolfpack that might be willing to do that and kind of help you out. With no compensation, because if you do compensation, then there's a bias. And if there's a bias, then there's a risk that those people could ultimately tank the project as we talked about before. And now, our underdog token for the day is called GMWAGMI, what? That's what I said, gmwagmi.io is its site, and it is on the Ethereum Smart Chain, and I don't know how I stumbled across it, yes I do, it's on any printer, you can get it for free on any printer. Uh, it's on a, a lot of exchanges. They also have a Binance variant as well, if you want to do that. Um, and it's been trending sharply downward. And I want to point out the reasons why. First, give them kudos. Excellent kudos. Their white paper is amazing. I love the way it's written. I love the way it flows. I love the content. It doesn't beat parabolic, but very few do. But this is an amazing white paper, and I love what I see here. It There's a couple of issues here. They explain the GM. And they, they say, GM's how we greet each other every day, and... We all wake up and say good morning. That's not true. Don't make that assumption. Top of the morning to you is a thing. Good day to you is a thing. There's tons of variations of the greeting. Not everybody says good morning. You stated that you want to be inclusive, but you're you're making this assumption that it's not founded in truth. Where you are from, maybe it is. This is the crypto bubble. This is the problem I have with the token and why I think it's trending downward. In the white paper, it mentions that at one point they had 2% reflections for all investors, and then they canceled it because of, quote, U.S. laws. There's no, I want to stress, there's no U.S. law against reflections. It doesn't exist. It's not true. Same garbage as Floki. You're basically doing a bait and switch, and guess what? Bait and switch is illegal, so we need to stop doing that. If you're like Antis and you never had reflections, that's different, right, because you never had it. But if you had it and then you take it away, just completely take it away without engaging your investors, it's basically a bait and switch, and I want to see that stop. So, there's no US law about reflections, and I don't like they changed that, and I think that hurt the investor's sentiment. But then, two, you don't explain this WAGME. I had to go to urbandictionary.com to really understand this, and it's an acronym. You know, we're all going to make it. Well, that's fine, but that's the crypto bubble speaking. It's not common vernacular. It's not something that you hear on day to day, like YOLO, for example. You hear that in games, you hear that in movies. Nobody knows what WAGME is outside of the crypto bubble. And possibly some cultures and some countries. So don't assume it. I'm not criticizing you using it. I'm saying you spent time defining good morning. You need to spend time saying, we we understand you may not know what wag me, it means. Here's what it means. And here's what we believe we should use it for. Do that. Don't just stop and say wag me and I don't know what the heck you're talking about. So I think they've made some decisions here. And the tokenomics would have been solid otherwise if they hadn't botched the reflections. But there's a 1% burn on transactions. Liquidity is locked, at least on, on Ethereum, it says. And then it had a one, let's see, one trillion supply and then 400 shortly under 500 billion circulating. But it's been trending sharply downward. Many of the investors are upset. I do believe that the, harm, the removal of their reflections, number one, then number two, nobody knows what Wagme is. But also, there's no utility. There's nothing tell you what it does. What What is your purpose? What is your use case? They're talking about NFTs, I said it before. People who are 70 years old probably don't care. They don't really have a strong utility. There's nothing making it stand out, which is a shame because it otherwise looks like a solid project had they not botched the reflections on the on the front end. So that's, again, gmwagme.io if you want to check it out. If you think it makes sense to you and you like what they're doing, I, I think it's fine. It's just not standing out and it's there's so many other tokens that do so much better and are getting people's attention that this one, I think, is one that's going to kind of fall by the wayside. And that's unfortunate because I do like the white paper and I do like what they're trying to do, but they're doing it the wrong way. And that's all I have for you today, folks. Hopefully that's been educational and informational, especially with the news. Uh, Check in with me tomorrow. I don't have anything remaining for you this afternoon.